I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, Steeler Nation? It's your behind the steel curtain host, Daniel J, coming back with at you with another State of the Steelers podcast. Where, man, it all comes down to this. That's the title of the show. the The season is on the line. The potential playoffs. The continuance of a non losing season for for uh, Mike Tomlin. All comes down to this one game. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns in Acroshore Stadium. 1 p.m. this Sunday, <clears throat> a game that I'm going to be at, guys. So if you guys are going to be out there, hit me up at Twitter, at State of the Steelers. Uh, or some, I'm sorry, it's at State of Steelers. No the there. Um, hit me up there. You can find me also on, on YouTube at State of the Steelers. And uh, you know, if you see me out there, come say hello. If you're going out to the game, let me know. It'd be fun to interact with uh, you know those that listen on to the show. But like I said, it all comes down to this. And before we can look into the preview of next week's game, let's talk about the current state of the Steelers and the current, uh, you know, um, result of the last game. Now, before I get into that, I, I want to say, um, you know, my thoughts and prayers are still with uh, DeMar Hamlin. Um, that game, by all accounts, looks like it's going to be rescheduled to another day, uh, which does have an impact on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, given the fact that we need the Buffalo Bills to win uh, this upcoming weekend against the Patriots. But with all that aside, you know, my thoughts and prayers go up to him. I know he's doing a lot better you know, at the time of this recording. Uh, it was reported that he's had substantial progress. He's been able to communicate with uh, the ability of writing. And I, apparently when he woke up, the first thing he asked was, uh, 
in writing was uh, how, if he won the game. And, um, you know, he won the game, the game of life. You know, it's it was a scary situation. I'm sure many of you guys were watching it. And um, I'm just so glad that he's OK and that, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayers are still with you throughout this entire time. Hope you get better. I hope you continue the, uh, you know, to progress. All signs look like they're pointing in the right direction. So good for you, Mr. Hamlin. And uh, continue to keep your head up. And, and uh, our prayers are still with you. Keep on going, buddy. <clears throat> but back to the, uh, the Steelers here. So the Pittsburgh Steelers took on last week the Baltimore Ravens in a game where, you know, Mike Tomlin said it the week before against the Raiders. They, they grew up. And in this week or in this last game against the Baltimore Ravens, I think they continue to grow up. We'll go over through some of the stats. Kenny Pickett was 15 to 27, 168 yards, 6.2 average, one touchdown, zero interceptions, sacked twice for 15 yards, QBR of 79.6 and 86.7 rating. I think Kenny Pickett, uh, people are calling him Kenny Comeback. Kenny Comeback, is, is that is that who's going to be his name? Kenny Clutch? I don't know. I'm liking them both. Kenny Pickett, he's doing some great things. He's moving the ball down the field. And when the moment gets toughest, when adversity is, you know, staring you directly in the face, as Coach Tomlin says, he does not blink. And he continues to maintain a certain standard of performance, even in those weighty moments. And I, for one, am ecstatic about the progression of Kenny Pickett. You know, early on in the season, it, it just didn't look right. You know, it didn't look like um, um, he struggled. But a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was, you know, his first few games were going up against some top-tier defenses. Uh, the offense was struggling uh, as a whole. They were having to restart everything. Um, they were having to evolve. They were having to, uh, you know, learn the offense. They were having to to do all those things. And, in fact, you know, uh, Matt Canada was talking about this earlier. And let's let's listen in to what Matt Canada said, because this is something that I, I, I've been kind of harping as well. I've said, you know, when you have a young team and you have a, um, um, you know, a young quarterback, it takes time for that defense to, I mean, that offense to evolve, for them to pick up the game plan. And I think Matt Canada pretty pretty much uh, put that, you know, said the same thing. Let's let's listen to what he had to say. You know, I wish I wish we could have everything, you know, I wish everything was ready to go, you know, back in September and the entire offense and with, with all these rookies that were playing and young guys, I wish you all would have just been that that way. And I know you all would have liked that better and we would have too. But um, some things evolve over time and the guys learning and how much you give it, you know, you don't want to give somebody so much. You look a little bit Mentioned in Jalen, and we've done that. Uh, but even like Connor, look at you know, I, in my opinion, look at the ascending play that Connor has had as a rookie. You know, early on in the year, you can't hey say you can do. I think Connor has a lot of talents and can do a lot of different things. But can you ask him to learn every single thing? You can't. And I think we've had to manage that, and I think we're still doing that. So I think as we continue to evolve, and those guys get more comfortable, then there's more and more you can do, which ultimately we hope makes it harder and harder to defend. So so basically just saying that, you know, they had to manage what they were doing with this young team, you know, and it wasn't just Connor. What he was referencing is to Connor Hayward, who's, you know, was not a part of the offense earlier on in the season and here in recent games has become 
more of a uh, a weapon for Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. But to put it all in, you know, in the case, this whole offense had to evolve. Like he said, you couldn't just give the entire thing at one time and expect the players to know everything all at once. It's had to evolve. Um, and I think we've seen that. I think we've seen this team continually get better, especially especially in the rush in the running game. Najee Harris, first time this entire season, over 100 yards, 22 carries, 111 yards, 5.0 average, long of 15. He was amazing in this game. He was a man possessed. He was not just rushing the ball well. He caught the ball well, caught the game winner. You know, he was able to um, be that guy, that first round running back that the Pittsburgh Steelers were wanting and uh, behind an offensive line that, in my opinion, is doing significantly better. Even in the moments where, um, you know, Kenny Pickett was um, moving out of the pocket, you know, and this is you know, a little bit nitpicky, but there was some times he left some clean pockets or all he had to do is move up. But he'll learn those things. He's still very young. Uh, but the offensive line did what they were supposed to do. In the running game, they did what they were supposed to do. As a team, the Pittsburgh Steelers ran for 198 yards. Jalen Warren had 12 carries, 76 yards on his own, 31 yard long. You know, Kenny Pickett only carried the ball five times and only rushed for two yards, meaning he wasn't a big part of the rushing game. It was the guys lined up behind him that you expect to be able to make some noise and be dominant in this game. This game was won in the trenches, and uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensively, they did an amazing job. As far as the pass, uh, the pass catchers, Pat Fryermuth was targeted six times for three receptions, 36 yards, 20-yard long average. Deontay Johnson was targeted seven times, only had two receptions. Now, I'd like to see more of those targets go to George Pickens. Uh, you know, you look at what he was able to do. He had four targets, only two catches, 29 yards. You know, the passing game was second fiddle to the rushing game, which is 100% fine with me. You know, this is a game that the Pittsburgh Steelers probably expected to dominate. Now, there's are they perfect? Are they moving? You know, are they going to go and win the Super Bowl this year? Hopefully. But if they're continuing to play it the way that they're playing now, probably not. They still need, you know, to develop. They need to get a little bit better. And perhaps maybe this week they'll do so. They need to get better in the red zone. They need to convert field goals into touchdowns. Boz had another missed field goal as well. I know it's cold or this or that, but he's missed a lot of field goals between 40 and 50 yards. And, and I'm, I'm, for one, being a little bit concerned here. Now, I know he did have an injury early on in the season. Perhaps maybe he still has some of that lingering. But against a team like the uh, Baltimore Ravens where the margin of victory has been three points or under one score, uh, you know, for majority of the games, for as far as I can remember, um, you know, you need to be able to be on your P's and Q's when it comes to kicking the football. Defensively, the Pittsburgh Steelers only sacked Tyler Huntley once, and that was the one and only T.J. Watt who did that. I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, T.J. Watt um, effect is still in effect, so to speak. And he's out there, you know, obviously he's he's not 100 percent, but what he's able to produce and, and the attention he's able to grab, it's really helped out this defense. 
They held another team below 20 points. Running the ball for the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens, um, they were able to, to put 120 yards in the ground. J.K. Dobbins in the first half had like 65 yards. He ended it up with 93, so the Steelers kind of put a lid on it in the second half. Um, he was still able to move around. But one thing that I noticed about this defense was they were playing a, a more of a high school style off uh, defense against this rushing attack, which allowed Mark Robinson to be on the field. And I think he flashed. I think he looks very good. He's not afraid to put his face in the in the pile. He's not afraid to attack and and, and hit somebody. He needs to clean up a couple things. He hasn't played a lot of defensive snaps this entire year. So, you know, is it rust an issue there? Maybe, perhaps, you know, and, and maybe he's a little bit just too, you know, excited about it because this was his first opportunity and that could result in, you know, too much energy could result in some missed tackles there. But for the most part, I think he did a fantastic job. I think he flashed. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, play a, a more of a significant role in this defense, especially going up against – for instance, the Cleveland Browns this week, who we're expecting to run the ball. Mark Andrews was a guy who really hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. But a lot of that was cause and effect due to the defense that they were running for. You know, at the end of the day, the Pittsburgh Steelers were not going to let the Baltimore Ravens beat them by running the ball with J.K. Dobbins for over 100 yards again and for, for big plays like he did just a few weeks ago. So the cause and effect is, you know, you put more people in the box to protect yourself from the run. You're going to, you know, you put more pressure on their quarterback, Tyler Huntley, who was only 14 to 21 for 130 yards, one TD, one interception. You're going to put the ball in his hands. He's been a, a guy that looks like a one read and then run kind of guy. And so you take your, your risk there by, you know, having one-on-one -on -one with Mark Andrews. And he he did some damage. You know, he was he, nine, he was targeted nine times, received uh, or had nine receptions. I'm sorry, for 100 yards, 11.1 average, no TDs, but a long of 19. And that was it. I mean, you're looking at a guy who only threw 130 yards, and 100 of it went to An uh, Mark Andrews. So Isaiah Likely he had three receptions for 12 yards. Deshaun Jackson had one reception for nine yards. Demarcus Robinson had one reception for one yard. And so, I mean, for one reception for nine yards, I'm sorry. And so it really wasn't, they weren't doing anything. So the Steelers were playing a defense that was predictable and obvious, but it was one where the Pittsburgh Steelers basically told the Baltimore Ravens, this is what we're going to do, and you find a way to beat it. And they weren't able to. You know, I, for one, thought that the team played inspired football. And, you know, it was also on a day where everything went right for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Miami Dolphins lost. The Jets lost. And so it put the Pittsburgh Steelers in position for a possible, you know, playoff game. You know, I think that when you look at this year and given what we are seeing right now as far as, you know, going into the last week, Compared to last season, I think the chances are higher that the Pittsburgh Steelers can find themselves in a playoff spot. You know, they're playing the, the uh, Cleveland Browns at home. It's not going to be an easy game. It's a divisional rivalry game. So, 
it's a uh, it's a game that um, is going to be hard nosed. But when I see the Pittsburgh Steelers can and will win, you know, you need the Miami Dolphins to lose to the Jets. Now, in that game, might be a little bit difficult. You have a Jets team that is coming off of well, they have a quarterback that's got some injuries of his own. And they, I don't believe they have anything to play for. They're out of the contention. They're, they're out of the playoff hunt. There's, they're out. They're not playing for anything. However, Miami has got a quarterback issue. Do they go with Bridgewater, who's dealing with a broken pinky or a dislocated pinky? I'm sorry. That potentially could have some swelling and could affect his grip. Or are they going with a third-string rookie quarterback who didn't look very well last season? You know, there's also the possibility that Tua Tango Valoa comes back. You know, he's in the concussion protocol, but I think, uh, you know, the arrows are pointing in the direction that it's going to be one of the two guys, you know, Bridgewater or the rookie. So when you look at that, there's there's the possibility that, you know, the Jets can win that game. You look at the uh, the Patriots versus Buffalo. They're traveling to Buffalo. Buffalo's got some great news with their their safety and, and his injury status. And so uh, they, they could be playing inspired football. They could be doing this for him, so to speak. You know, they're going to be playing for something because the game that they uh, were supposed to play against the Cincinnati Bengals at this point, you know, unsure of. I'm sure maybe by the time this comes out that, you know, there might be a, a resolution to that issue. But at the time of this recording, um, there's nothing set in stone as to when or if that game's going to be played. And so I believe it's going to be pushed back to I think that the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills will resume that game at some point after week 18. And if they do so, that means that week 18 is played for something. It's not just a, a game that, um, you know, for the Buffalo Bills, had they, you know, won that game or lost that game. I think if they had lost against Cincinnati, then I don't think they could get the first round by. And so they may not play for anything against against the uh the Patriots, but since that game was moved, you know, that puts a little bit more pressure on that game. And, you know, I would anticipate the Buffalo Bills going out there and, and not sitting anybody uh, against this game and, and, and trying to win. And so the possibility is there. It's up for the Steelers to take it. You know, it all comes down to this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We got a couple of words from our sponsors. Don't go anywhere. See you in a minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, look at there. You made it to the other side. Welcome back to State of the Steelers. I'm your Behind the Steel Curtain host, Daniel J. And speaking about Behind the Steel Curtain, make sure you guys go check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers news and coverage. Articles come out daily, multiple times a day. You also have a list of the podcasts that are put out on Behind the Steel Curtain. Um, I highly recommend going checking it out and reading the articles and getting caught up to Pittsburgh Steelers news. So with that being said, let's get back into the, uh, the podcast. So the Steelers are down to, you know, this is the final game of the year. For the second straight year, the, uh, the final home game is against the Cleveland Browns. And for the second straight year, the final game of the season has playoff implications for the Pittsburgh Steelers with a long shot to get in. Now, hopefully it ends in the same way as far as, you know, Steelers making the playoffs. And hopefully it doesn't end in the same way with a first round exit of the playoffs. But one game at a time. And right now, Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be hosting the Cleveland Browns this Sunday at 1 p.m. in Shore Stadium. Now, the Steelers are on a bit of a hot streak, in my opinion. You know, after follow, you know, after going two and six, turning it around and being six and two at this point, after the bye, you could, you wouldn't expect it. You, I don't think there was very many people that did, but it happened. And now the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing for some possible hopes for the uh, the playoffs. Now this week they're taking on the Browns, who the Steelers are two and a half favorite. Um, you know, they're favored by two and a half points which I find a little bit disrespectful, to be honest with you. Because in a neutral site, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers would not be favored in this game. The Cleveland Browns would be favored in this game by half a point if you follow the uh, the fact that the home team usually gets three-point advantage just for having the home field advantage. You're looking at Deshaun Watson, who's going into this game. I believe he's, uh, you know, since coming back, He's, I want to say three and two, but even though he's three and two, he's not, he's not really played the best. He's had a uh, eh type of season. He's played in five games. He's, he's completed 80, attempted 141 for 56.7 completion, which is lower than what um, Jacoby Brissett was playing or at his level he was at prior to being replaced by Deshaun Watson. He's got 872 yards. His average is 6.2, which is also lower than Jacoby Brissett, who's at 7.1. Sean Watson's yards per game, though, is slightly higher at 174.4 to Jacoby's 173.9. But relatively, it's the same. Sean Watson has five touchdowns to three interceptions, been sacked 13 times already and a rating of 
you know, this this offense is not going to go through the arm of Deshaun Watson this weekend. It's going to go through the legs of their running game and the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Now, for the most part, Nick Chubb's the uh, the the uh, powerhouse. He's the the bell cow, so to speak, or could be. He gets a break by Kareem Hunt, but you know, you look at this. He's had 290 attempts, 1448 yards rushing up to this point. Five yard average, 41 yard long, 12 TDs, and he's averaging around 90 yards per game. He's lost one fumble and fumbled it once. And so, you know, he's going to, he's their, he's their offense. I mean, you know, Kareem Hunt comes in behind him with, you know, about half the attempts with 119, about a third of the uh, yards at, at, um, um, 455. In fact, Kareem Hunt has, way less than, than half the attempts. It's probably closer to a little bit over a third. And then, you know, Kareem Hunt is at 3.8 average, 24 year long. He has three TDs. Jacoby Brissett comes in behind him. And so it's it's just basically been the Nick Chubb show and Kareem Hunt as being a breather for Nick Chubb. Their pass catchers, Amari Cooper has 76 receptions on the year, 1,109 yards um, 14.6 average per catch, nine touchdowns, along with 55. You know, he's a guy that the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, he burned the Steelers the last time they played him on a Thursday night game early on in the season. And so the Steelers, you know, they're, they're kind of a team where, you know, you fool me once, shame on, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And they don't like to get fooled twice and they don't put shame on themselves. So, you know, I anticipate this not being a game where Amari Cooper is going to uh, be that guy again. You know, they still have other options. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's got 59 receptions, uh, 797 yards with three touchdowns. And David Njoku, he has 54 receptions, 586 yards, and also three touchdowns. And so those are going to be their main targets. Stop Chubb, stop Cooper contain people's Jones, I guess is going to be the, um, uh, you know, the, the key to victory in this situation. You know, when it comes to, to this game, it might be a close one. I mean, as usual, usually most division games are, and, you know, the question is going to come up is can the Pittsburgh Steelers pull it off at the closing end of the game to make sure and ensure victory? And given what they've been able to do in the last couple of weeks, I think that they can. You know, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers have done a fantastic job protecting the ball. Kenny Pickett only has like one one interception coming back from the bye. He's done amazing. He's playing above, you know, his his, you know, his rookie status. He moves well. He moves in the pocket well. Keeps his eyes down the field, and he's great under pressure. That pass to Najee Harris to win the game last week was a very clutch play. You know, it comes down. Do you think you know he can do it again this week? And I think so. He's a no blink, Mister Cool kind of guy, in my opinion. Doesn't get flustered. Doesn't get. Um, doesn't allow the negativities or the negative parts of the game or any negative aspect of the game where he throws a pick or whatever affect him. He's got a short memory. And those are things that you want out of this quarter, out of your quarterback. 
And he's also thrown the ball very well and very accurately. You know, in the last few games, I'm super impressed. Super impressed. Now, when it comes to this upcoming game uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, let's go into keys of victory. Don't turn over the ball. You're gonna have to. It's gonna go back to kind of like what I said last week against the, against the Ravens. You know, both of these teams want to run the ball. They want to control time of possession. And if they're somewhat successful, then that means that they're going to have drives that are going to consume time. That's going to limit the opportunities and the possessions that you have. And so in order for this team to be successful this week, they're going to have to optimize those fewer possessions that they have by putting seven points on the board versus three. Right. And so that's the first key is let's convert field goals into touchdowns. Next one is to continue to play. Uh, clean football, don't turn it over. Uh, interceptions are not going to be, um, they're not going to help you, you know, do what you want to do, is, which is win the, win the ball game. Defensively, this, this team is going to have to stop Nick Chubb first and then worry about Amari Cooper. David Njoku might be a guy like Mark Andrews last week where he's going to be given uh, an opportunity to, um, have some advantages against this defense. And it's going to be up to Njoku and Deshaun Watson to be able to uh, make those plays. Now, I don't put Njoku in the same class or category. He's a fa- he's a fine tight end, but he's not in the same class as Mark Andrews. And so with that being said, I think that's going to be the guy that we have to keep our eye on because, you know, he's he, he is flashy every now and then. We're going to, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have to contain Deshaun Watson. You know, he's not a guy that, you know, has been rushing quite a bit. Um, I mean, he's got 30 attempts for, well, he got 131 yards rushing, 4.4 average. So, you know, the Steelers are going to have to, you know, make sure he's not um, killing you too much with his legs. Uh, but they're going to have to contain him. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest with you guys. Deshaun Watson doesn't worry me. He, uh, he, uh, is he a good quarterback at one time? Maybe perhaps, but it's been a long time since he's played. And in the last few games, he hasn't looked the best. Could that be rust? Could he be shaking that off? Is he going to get better? Probably. But even at his best in Houston, you know, I was there the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Houston Texans in Houston where Deshaun Watson was there and, and he had Hopkins as a receiver, and I wasn't impressed. I wasn't. I really wasn't. I just – I didn't think he was, you know, uh, a franchise guy. Surely I don't think he was worth the money that the Cleveland Browns paid him. But then again, there's a reason why the Browns are, are the Browns. I digress. But, you know, I'm not too worried about this game. My, my prediction for this game – is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to take it. They're going to win this game. Let's say uh, 24 to 13. Pittsburgh Steelers victory. And I say that the Pittsburgh Steelers will be playing one more week. Um, and they, by by meaning that is that I say that the, uh, the, the Patriots will lose. And so will the Dolphins. Given an opportunity for the Pittsburgh Steelers to go in. A Cinderella story. Who they play week one, who knows. 
who do I who would I like them to play? The Cincinnati Bengals. Why? Because they had some words, you know, after the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers the last time they played them, knowing or thinking that they weren't going to see the Steelers again because at that point, you know, their record wasn't that great. The Steelers, you know, the, there was Miami wasn't – who would have thought Miami would have lost so many games in a row outside of me? Sorry, I don't think – I didn't think Tua was that great of a quarterback or that their offensive scheme was so amazing. Um, I thought that it was just going to take – it was just a matter of time before the tape took control. And, you know, I felt that that Tua he, – he got away with a lot of dropped interceptions because defensive backs were looking at receivers who were very fast and, you know, they weren't, you know, then turn around or keep their head, you know, turn their, their head around in time. I mean, against the Steelers, he should have had four. And so um, he was, he benefited from some non-capitalization when it came to possible turnovers that I think, you know, teams were starting to see and figure out, you know, this game of football isn't very difficult. There's not something brand new coming out all the time. And when something does, once you put it on tape, the rest of the league is going to, find out ways to prevent it. And then it comes down to, are you able to still be successful, even though the opposition knows what you're doing? It's a big boys league. It's a big man's game. And that's the way you play the game. If you go into a game and, you know, your, your, your hope is to surprise them and, you know, do all this other stuff, you, you're going to be successful if they're not expecting it, of course. But over the long term, it's not going to be a successful formula. Long term is what I'm trying to say. And so I think the Steelers got a chance. And if they get into to the first round of the playoffs, and um, I'm going to be ecstatic because we get to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers play one more week. You know, this – let's just say they don't, right? Let's just say things don't go their way, Miami wins or whatever the case happens, right? And then all we're going to do is we're going to be waiting what, for the draft and then we're going to be waiting for OTAs and – and training camp, and then preseason, just to see our team again. Man, we have an opportunity maybe perhaps to see them this weekend and next weekend again, or maybe the weekend after, depending on what happens with the Buffalo Bills and and Cincinnati Bengals game. I take that all the time, even if it results in in an exit in the first round, which this defense is getting healthier, the offense is possessing the ball more, and limiting possessions. Who knows, man? Any given Sunday, who knows? That's all I got for you guys today. I wanted to say thank you to everybody who's listened to me all season long up to this point. Uh, Regardless of what happens this weekend, I'll be back next weekend talking to you guys about the game and and the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the state of the Steelers at that point. Um, But I appreciate this entire season up to this point. Uh, This was my first season with Behind the Steel Curtain. And I couldn't be happier. I want to say thank you to uh, Dave Schofield, uh, Brian Anthony Davis, Jeff Hartman for giving me this opportunity. It was uh, I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. With that said, guys, I'm Daniel J. Go Steelers. Let's win this one and let's create another week for us. Peace.